As a public service announcement, Android app addicts would prefer that you practice social distancing. So please put this on external speakers at an extremely loud volume and stand at least six feet away. On this episode 562 of Android App Addicts, Dor loves butterscotch and Josh still misses Ivor. Hey, hey, Podnutians, welcome to Android App Addicts, episode 562. This show is brought to you commercial-free only for you, thanks to Mark Rice. Mark Rice, a longtime active Patreoner uh, ever since uh, September of 2016. Thank you very much for all your support throughout the years, Mark. And if you, too, would like to support this show, link in the notes to patreon.com slash Android App Addicts. If you enjoy having ad-free content, you need to vote with your dollar or send emails in or send feedback in or tell other people to listen, a.k.a. support those who support you. And talking about supporting those who support you, here's a guy I like to help out any chance I can. Uh, Hey, hey. Josh, how's everything going, man? Oh, doing pretty well, Dor. Um, I can use all the support I can get, my friend. Um, things are going well here. Uh, been thinking a lot lately of other folks who are living in cities and you know, I can't imagine living in a an apartment in New York City right now or something like that. Whereas, you know, we've got a bit of an acreage out here and we can go out whenever we want to and plenty of places to go hiking and walking and I just I good lord yeah I mean um we all make choices and then there comes a time where we have to pay for our choices uh I knew a very long time ago I did not want to live in a city for a lot of reasons I don't want that many jerks being that physically close to me and now I reap the rewards of making that choice I also have been working at the same place for 23 years. So literally I have three months worth of leave accrued, which is no accident. You know, that was a very purposeful decision. Uh, But with that said, I'm a government employee, um, essential. And I think I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. Uh, The only difference is now I sit in this chair for over eight hours a day. What, What type of restrictions are in Baltimore right now? Uh, Literally none. Um, they just ask you to not congregate. Uh, b- uh, bars are closed. Restaurants are closed. National Guard is downtown helping uh, build medical things and helping the police with their duties, but there's no restrictions. I was reading an article last night where a woman had come back from somewhere, I think Europe, and I'm making that up. I'm not sure where she came back from, but she came back from somewhere overseas and she was supposed to be, you know, her 14-day quarantine. And she was out walking around and actually got arrested and thrown into prison. So it has come to that, at least in areas up here in Scandinavia. Gotcha. Well, and I won't lie. There might be some kind of restrictions. But I haven't left the house really for anything except going to the liquor store in like 
two weeks. My wife, on the other hand, still goes to work and she keeps a letter in her car from the president of her company saying that she's essential in case she gets pulled over. Uh, but I know she says when she goes to work, there's still plenty of cars on the road and she doubts everybody driving has a letter in their car saying that they're essential. So I don't believe there's actual restrictions going on, but I will say not going to go too far off on a tangent. Never let a good crisis go to waste. This is yet another opportunity for governments, local, regional, county, state, providence, or countrywide to slowly, meticulously take individual liberty away in the name of the greater good. And I'll say this, no one can tell me what's more important individual liberty or the greater good because there is no right answer you might have opinions about it doesn't mean you're right i have opinions about it doesn't mean i'm right the best we can do is just do onto others like we do onto ourselves i've literally walked down the street this way and i've walked down the street that way multiple times i've knocked on doors and i've asked people if they needed anything or if there were any elderly people that they knew needed anything and that's all i can do yeah, my wife is on the front lines of all of this as well. And so I know that it's taking a quite a toll on everyone. You know, whatever you want to believe as far as, you know, the actual facts of the virus or anything like that, just know that there are people who it's their job to take care of everyone no matter what. And so it all kind of comes down from the ministry of, well, possibly truth, but the the ministry of of uh, you know health. So just know that those people are out there, and whether you believe that this is the end of the world or not, you know you must respect what what the people that are trying to help are doing anyway. Yeah, and I'll just say it like this: it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. All that matters is. We watch Monty Python, Life of Brian, and we remind ourselves, always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> and maybe read 1984. You can, but always look on the bright side. There's always a bright side to everything. At least it wasn't a gigantic comet that came and hit the earth and wiped out the human race. It could always be worse. It really could. And... There are certain economic opportunities right now. If you have any liquid assets right now is the time to invest. And if you do it even remotely accurate, you'll be able to retire early. I have no problems, no qualms in saying that. Well, the problem is that most people don't have any money because they lost it on the downswing. So well, it's sort I'll, of... <laughs> I'll, I'll just say things aren't accidents. I've worked at the same place for 23 years. wasn't an accident. If people don't have any money, it wasn't an accident. They didn't have any money three months ago, six months ago, or nine months ago. More than likely is what I'll guess. But I'm going to say um, right now with people being, I want to puke in my mouth when I say social distances or whatever, social distancing, um, that doesn't mean we should not connect with people. And what I'm going to say is I've been toying again and longtime listeners to this network know 
I've toyed with this application off and on now for three years, maybe four years. Um, and I ran a 12 hour marathon a couple, uh, nights ago. And I was blissfully shocked at how well this damn thing per, per, um, pre, um, pre, um, uh, formed. And then the very next day I tried to run it again and it didn't run great. So it might've been a me thing. I don't know, but it's called Jitsi meat, J I T S I space meat. Long and the short of it is some people use FaceTime. Some people with no brain cells use Google duo. Um, but what, and some people who are trapped back in 1999 use Skype. Um, but I will promise everyone this, the, this is one of the best solutions for teleconferencing voice conversations for a couple of reasons. Okay. Number one, you don't need an account to sign up to this. You don't need anything to sign up for this. You literally just access a URL like meet dat dot J I T dot S I slash I hate ads in podcast. And voila, you have yourself your own custom voice conferencing room of two. When this room gets created, you're also given a phone number that you can give to other people that they can call up toll free and communicate with you as well. Okay. Two, three, if you're a nerd, you can download the source code of the server and self host this yourself Four, you can even do things like screen sharing, or you can do like Brady bunch type graphics where you can see everybody all on the screen at the same time. Five. This runs on every platform that exists, even WebOS, Linux, Mac, Windows, old Windows phones, maybe iPhone. Yes. Android. Yes. It runs literally on everything. Um, there's no better open in with a capital F freedom teleconferencing solution I know of out there than Jitsi meet. And I definitely encourage everyone Try it again. If you tried it before and it didn't work well for you, try it again. And I, and I'm willing to bet money. You're going to be blissfully surprised at how well that it works. Well, I'm actually right now in the midst of trying to set up a board, a virtual board meeting for a charity I'm involved with. And so I was going to go with Google Hangouts, which we're using now. Um, and then someone suggested Zoom. And so it's, you know, they're, I'm definitely the, the youngest one on the board by, well, a fair bit, let's say. And so it needs to be something that's pretty easy to either install well, or use. You say that, but then I'm going to hit you back with questions. Do you know if they're going to be using phones, tablets, or laptops and desktops? It'll be a mix. I doubt there'll be any desktops, but it'll be laptops, tablets, and probably phones. Because if they're using tablets, I'll say this, tablets and laptops, Zoom is unbelievably easy. But when you're a young kid walking through the ghetto, the first time you're offered drugs is for free. There's a reason for that. Okay. Zoom right now is free. There's a reason for that. They want to get you hooked. Um, on phones and tablets, Jitsi works just as good as any other solution is what I'll say. On desktops and laptops, you might have 
issues about them selecting the wrong input, whether camera or microphone, and then having a difficult time figuring out how to change that. I, I have no problem admitting that, but, but, but I can tell you if they're on Android phones, iPads or iPhones, this works as good as any other solution, if not better. Yeah. I, I, yes. Just trying to, trying to sort it out. Um, Zoom. It also has a, a time limit of 40 minutes. If you have three or more people, apparently. Well, that's not good. Well, for a board meeting, it's not bad. <laughs> well, oh, 40 I minutes will up. <laughs> say, touche, touche. Some things you want there to be a time limit on, so I will digress. Um, I'm going to bring a link if I could. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, um, as you can see, in solidarity with our brother Ivor, I'm wearing my peacock feather hat that he sent me it's a peacock feather what's that i, I didn't know it was a peacock feather I, okay. I don't know <laughs> i mean it's new zealand it must be right um and so this is a contraption that i found for him which i hope he already bought and it's called the tick wrist max 4g smart watch phone android 7.1 so nothing but the latest and so this is pretty much what Ivor has wanted his entire life. And so I just wanted to, to bring it. It looks like an old, about the size of probably an iPhone 4. I, don't, I would picture this in like a Will, a Feral type movie. Um, where like the guy sitting in there, he says, Huge phones are right now so hot or something because I don't know how to classify this thing except for gaudy. It's terrible. It's 150, I believe, U.S. dollars. 4G connectivity. 32 gig of internal storage, 3 gig of RAM. That's actually almost respectable. IP67, which means it, it, it can, it, the IP stands for Ingress Pro, Pro um, Protection, which means 67. It can b basically not let any dust into it, so it should last a good amount of time, even in like construction-type places. And 7, I do believe, means it's waterproof up to like, I want to say six inches or eight inches, something like that. So it's actually not horribly specked out, but if, if, if this performs at all, well, I would expect your wrist would get pretty hot and sore. It looks like it weighs about 14 pounds. Well, then that's where, you know, <laughs> have you seen the pictures before quarantine and after quarantine and after quarantine, the guy has a huge arm. <laughs> well, it could be the same thing, except you could blame it on the watch. <laughs> uh, and yes, I did compare it to an iPhone just for Ivor. Wow, 150 bucks! It wouldn't shock me if he did buy it. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if next time we see him, he's got one on both wrists. Mm-hmm. And loving it. And just <laughs> loving it. Uh, I kind of want cool. one, Dor. To be honest with you, that makes one of us. Um. <laughs> I'm going to bring this one because 
uh, the core competency is the best way I can put it of Podnuts is support, not just eh, emotional support, friend support, um, but computer support. Okay. Um, um, a fair amount of the people that are the old timers to this show are still dabbling at least in computer repair or supporting businesses or residential customers in some way. There's a, so there's a couple of solutions out there where you can have, um, remote support, uh, interfaces into other ecosystems, whether it be small businesses, enterprises, or people's houses kind of thing. One of them is called connect wise. Um, there's like two or three main ones out there is what I'm going to say. This is one of the more affordable ones, yet it has crazy flexibility and crazy functionality. Uh, and I think it's one of the better solutions out there if you need to get into other people's networks and see things. Okay. Hence, see things. And here is a Android application called ConnectWise Control. And basically what happens is you as a computer technician can shoot a tiny URL type out to a customer where if you still have the self-hosted version of this, you can literally have this running on your own server. You shoot a tiny URL, tiny URL out like thing from your system. They click it on their Android device and then voila, you can tell them now point your phone's camera at your problem and let me see what's going on because you can't always get onto a desktop or a laptop Sometimes you're trying to help them with a IP camera system or a security system or some other type system like that. And using this application, you can literally dynamically on the fly, have it installed on a Android device. And I do believe they support iPhone as well. And you can see either what's on their Android device, their mobile device, or you can actually see out of the camera on their devices so they can show you what's going on. This is the kind of thing like six or eight years ago doing customer type support, I would have literally paid money every month to have this kind of functionality. Is this, this is free now? The application is free as long as you have a support contract with ConnectWise. If you are able to have one of the self hosted platforms, which they don't offer anymore, but you can still buy them like on eBay uh, then it's a one-time purchase. If you decide to go with what their current model is, of course, it's a sub um, subscription model where they host the server in their ecosystem. Okay, I was just wondering about that because um, I do have, when I got it with Screen Connect, but I have it running on a, a DigitalOcean droplet, and I've right. been using it for many, many years. I think that's another Martin Rambo Obando um, uh, recommendation, and I might have even used a Podnuts. Was it? Did you guys did Podnuts have some sort of promo code for? We did. We never Connect. got anything out of it, but it it didn't matter because Screen Connect was one of those companies I wanted to support no matter what because I knew they had good people, good product, good approach, and they had a supreme technical solution. Now they became ConnectWise. They're still just as good. Um, this application will work with your self-hosted instance. I, I have no problem telling you that because I know two people that still have that self-hosted 
instance and they use this app, they say weekly. Yeah, I I mean, it was crazy at the time. I believe I paid $210 for a lifetime license, self-hosted, and then any upgrades from there were, it went down from like 90 to 80 to 70 to 60 to 50%. I think to upgrade now, it cost me like 30 bucks. Right. Yeah, they want to they they want people to upgrade very badly is what I'll say. Um and yeah, um Screen Connect slash ConnectWise is I believe one of the better RMM is the buzzword for the mental influence out there, remote monitoring and management solutions that exist. I have no problem in saying that. There are plenty of them out there. They all have buzzwords, they all have kitschy catchphrases, some of them have really bad advertising and marketing schemes. This one just has a solid product and really nice people that work for them. Yeah. I've never had any, any problems with it. I've, like I said, I've used it for remote support for a long time. I pretty much only use it for, uh, in-laws now or my parents basically. But yeah, just have a, they have a little client on their computer and join right up, fix the problem if I can. And, huh. That's cool. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you brought up. I like that. Uh, the, I like them as a company as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go towards an email now, or you want me to bring another app? Uh, I was going to bring another article if I could. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. This one is on itsfoss.com, and it's. Gail Duval, I think that might be how you say it, G-A-E-L. And he started the ELO project. And he also was the one that created Mandrake Linux. But it's oh, basically, yeah, Mandriva stripping. Mandriva Mandrake. What's that? Mandriva and Mandrake. I, 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 I'm with you. Yeah, so this is just a kind of a update on this project that he started that was basically trying to strip Google out of Android. And it's pretty interesting and definitely something that I would like to try. And I don't know how much you know about it, but it sounds kind of almost like a, definitely a, a, a more private <laughs> um, operating system. Well, I don't know a lot because when I got to a certain point in reading this, I just stopped and I said, it's not for me yet, but I'll say this. If Huawei's latest release gets any traction in sales, this then becomes more credible. And the reason I say that is because Huawei just released their latest flagship device with no Google on it whatsoever. Where if it's even bought outside of the country of China, there's no map system you can use to give you even GPS directions in the app store yet. So they have a little bit of ways to go, but this is the same kind of philosophy instead of it being primarily surrounded by a closed tyrannical governmental system. 
This guy's trying to rip out all of the black box binary bits from Android and release it as more of an open project. And if you go to e.foundation, okay, I do, I'm done. There's no .com, there's no .org, there's no .anything. HTTPS semicolon slash slash e.foundation is the URL, I promise you, where you can go to their website where they actually offer fully functional devices running this binary blob less version of Android, where basically it has all the Google connectivity ripped out of it. Literally kind of like how you freeze dry a wart and you rip it off. Kind of the, kind of the same thing. Um, but this is not really available in the U S yet. If, from what I can tell, um, it's basically, uh, in the UK and the EU is where their first primary targets for the system as, um, I love the idea of this just because I want to see how far somebody can take the Google out of the device and not only still have the device usable and functional, but still have it as a enjoyable thing to use with giving you complete functionality behind it. Because I know this, if I load the F droid app, I can still get easily 80 to 90% of all my functionality with the exact same amount of work without using Google applications. I just currently use Google applications out of a sheer laziness. Um, I have no problem in saying and convenience. So the, the, uh, the Huawei operating system, if it's not running Android at all, which means that, you have no access to any sort of apps that would be F droid or anything that you can sideload onto it. Like for instance, you know, the whole, the map issue, you know, if you're, if you could somehow get maps.me on there, but are you now someone needs to port it to the Huawei system? Well, the Huawei ecosystem is, like the Chromium versus Chrome ecosystem. Um, you can still load APKs. So if you have no problem going to trusted sources, downloading APK files on that Huawei flagship phone, the things will still load and install unless those applications need Google Play services to be running in the background. So you will not be able to load Google Maps. Even though it's an APK file, even though it's an Android-based operating system, it will not load correctly. And if it does install correctly, it will not run correctly. So you still could load the F-Droid market and you still could get open street map based solutions. I virtually guarantee you is what I'll say. That's um, a good, good analogy of the Chromium. Yeah. And if you go to e.foundation and you click on uh, devices that you want to buy because you can literally buy devices from them outright. Uh, what they have right now is Galaxy S7 Edge, Galaxy S7, Galaxy S9, and Galaxy S9 Plus de devices to buy outright. And if you have those devices in your person, they literally have a downloadable version to where you can flash it to one of those devices. I don't have any of them. They say they support 92 different smartphone models. And when I went through them, I don't own any of the ones that do because I would have liked to play with it, but I don't. So I digress. If you 
are interested in having a more open ecosystem where you own the device more, whether it's a essential phone, a fair phone, Google Pixel devices, nudge, nudge, uh, it's a, even some HTCs, um, Lee Echo phones, LGs, tons of Motorola, decent amount of OnePluses, Samsungs through the roof. Then you should check this out, see if you can download it, see if you can install it. And I would definitely encourage anyone, if you do, please let me know your thoughts about how this functions. Is it crashy? Is it buggy? Does it kill your battery? Or it just needs more apps. And you can send emails to aaa at podnuts.com. Where are you seeing the list of, of devices? Uh, if you go to e.foundation, yep. and then on the very top, uh, one of the choices is uh, buy a e-smartphone, but to the left it says download and try. It tells you the number of devices it's compatible with. Step two says find your smartphone in our device list, which forwards you to doc.e.foundation slash devices. Wow, I don't even have the same <laughs> the same UI apparently. Well, I know when I go to the, uh, oops, I just quit the browser. I know when I go to the main page, uh, right by the top is uh, like a buy button. I just put a link there in the chat for you directly to it. Cool. Thanks. Um, if anybody knows anything about door, door geek, I want competition over everything else. I'm not here to say, I know who should win. I know why they should win. And you know, and that's the end of the story. I want competition because I do believe the more people that vote with their dollar, the more people that vote, with their download, the more people that vote with their eyeballs, the better chance we have of good things winning, except for Facebook. <laughs> um, well, the good part is that, you know, as a podcast, we do have one member who isn't currently here, but he probably has about six of these phones, so... Ivor, sort it out. Well, I don't want to say he has plenty of time on his, on his hands because I don't think... Right, well, here's the thing. Right now, in late March 2020, I think half the people have too much time on their hands and the other half are busier than ever. Because I can tell you right now, I'm busier than ever. So, yeah. Well, I've got a a toddler at home now. So, yeah, getting any well, real work done is uh, extremely difficult. Okay. Um, I, I want to lighten the mood by bringing this app. This app, um, I believe, right now is currently free. Um, I, if you can you know verify that with me, please do. Um, this game is called Mini Metro, and here's the only way I can put it. I remember seeing this on a Nintendo Direct maybe a year ago, okay? Last week, I know it was free. Now, I think the only reason it's saying it was free for me was because I'm part of the um, family pass, the uh, play pass, which still only costs $2 a month, I believe, if you get in right now. Um, this game is utterly addictive, and this can satisfy like OCD 
in anybody. The best thing about this game is it does not hold your hand and explain anything to you. Instead, it lets you explore at your own pace and discover how the game is supposed to be played. Um, it's hard to describe this except imagine a blank world. You have a top-down view. All you can see is land or water, and then you have to decide how to build a metropolitan metro light rail subway type system in extreme vagueness. There's no detail whatsoever. You just have colors of lines and stops and that's it. And you have to optimize it as best you can to make traffic the least and to transport the most number of people. I, and that's the best I've ever explained anything this vague. <laughs> uh, I downloaded this when you you sent me the link, and I haven't had a chance to look at it. But it does; it just looks like any metro map that you would see in in a big city. Um, looks like you've got probably buses and trains and subways and everything else that you're controlling. Uh, right. It's a dollar fifty nine in Canada to buy at this point. Gotcha. I'll say right now in the U.S. it's $0.99 cents to buy. And I'm sorry, Mini Metro by Dinosaur Polo Club Fan. Fantastic name. It's under simulation and subcategory of brain games. 33,100 reviews. E for everyone. Family friendly is a new label I've noticed in the Play Store. Family friendly, which I'm all for. Um... Uh, no in-app ads, no in-app purchases, uh, current review score 4.7, um, updated December 23rd, 2019, uh, size varies with device installations, 1 million plus current versions, again, varies with device, 4.1 Android and up, content rating E for everyone, permissions, all it needs is the Google Play license check. Control, vibration, and network access score. That's another proof that this thing is actually coded well by people who respect you. Um, I definitely encourage people, if you need just a simple, I don't want to say mindless, because that's a true insult to this game. If you need a stress-free game, you just want to disconnect for a little bit of time. This, I will tell you, is near the top of my list. Mini Metro. Well, this is also one of those games where you kind of you have full control of a situation, which might be beneficial to a lot of people right now. You know, you can do whatever you want. Full, you start with, I think you said, an empty palette, and do whatever you want to. Yeah, and then at any point in time, you can just say start a new city and you have a brand new challenge in front of you. Um, you, you connect cities. Kinda, Sorry. No, 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 no. You can start a new city. Then you can't go back. So, and, and then you can try to like re optimize. You can try a different strategy is the way I'll put it. Um, or you can try to continuously tweak what you have to try to get the highest score possible. How, how far out can you build? Uh, if you take a look at the, um, screenshots, that's it. Um, you just have basically just your city area, which would be like, if you're in New York City, maybe Manhattan, 
Um, they do have like real cities in there listed. Melbourne, Hong Kong, Osaka, Berlin. Um, and then you just basically just build that one area and then you can move on to a different area, but you cannot connect them. So are they, they're legitimate maps then? Like the they, Melbourne one would be like have the, the waterways and I'll say it's at least semi-realistic. I'm sure if you're intimate with these places, you'll look at it and you know complain that something is off to a degree, but to the layman, yes, it's a perfect representation. Nice. Cool. I will give that a go. Um, cool. I want to read a, a, an email from uh, Michael Sanders. We call him the Colonel. Uh, hey, AAA crew, great show. I look forward to listen every Monday morning. I have a question about RAM on my Samsung Galaxy S9. The S9 has four gigabytes of RAM, which from what I read is basically more than enough for most Android phones, especially my S9. However, I'm reading about the newer Android phones with 6, 8, and even 12 gigabytes of RAM. And I'm thinking, is there something I don't know? But my real question is there anything I can do to increase my RAM? I am somewhat of an information geek and have about 17 widgets running on six home pages. Wow, that's impressive. I have read that widgets use a lot of RAM. I came across a few apps that can use the SD card as RAM, but the phone must be rooted. I don't want to root. Maybe I'm just stuck with the four gigabytes of RAM in my S9, which I don't mind as I just purchased the Zero Lemon 8 thousand ma battery case any help would be greatly appreciated thanks mike well thanks for the email mike absolutely um here's the long and the short i'll give to it can you increase the ram no you can't can you lie to your system and increase the ram kind of okay the long and the short of it is you have your hard drive you have your internal storage you have your external storage, your SD card, and you have RAM. Technically speaking, they're all handled in the exact same manner as each other. The differences are you power cycle your device, everything in RAM goes away. Everything on your SD card and your internal card stays the same. Okay, Internal RAM prioritizes speed over everything else storage on your SD card and on your, what's technically an EMMC, your internal hard drive prioritizes um, competency of data storage and amount of data storage, not speed. Okay. And it's not meant to be overwritten in insane amount of time. RAM is intended to be constantly overwritten. Okay. That's the long and the short of it. Now, back in the day, we used to have programs called ram doublers this was back when your hard drive literally weighed like eight pounds uh you would also have ram extenders and what they did was they would turn parts of your file system into emulated ram the applications you're seeing that can take your sd card and turn them into ram it isn't really turning them into ram it's lying to the operating system so you have to have root and telling your operating system this is extra ram and it will treat it like such. But 
you will never see the performance that you can see out of natural RAM on these emulated RAM systems. Number one, number two, you will incredibly age either an SD card or your internal storage. If you put an SD card in your phone, hypothetically, it could last two years with no issue. If you emulate that SD card as RAM, you, in my best opinion, you might be lucky to get two months out of it, maybe three months out of it. And the whole time when you're using your phone, you're going to complain because your phone has slowed down because it's using RAM emulated from your SD card. Okay, now, it's never a good option, in my opinion, to try to emulate hardware with other hardware. It's much better to instead review what you have installed, review what you have configured, and trim the fat if you're worried about performance. Um, now, rolling back to the very beginning of the question. Different operating systems depend heavily on different specs. Desktop operating systems rely heavily on a processor. Uh, and then when you want to run high-end games, the processor isn't as important. The graphics card is more important. And then if you want to do some insane types of video editing or um, image editing, you need a lot of fast RAM. So it depends on your use case. Okay. When it comes to Android operating system, number one priority when it comes to performance is not the GPU. It isn't the video processor. It's not the processor. It isn't the hard drive speed. It isn't the screen. It isn't the screen resolution. It's not the antenna for the mobile technology or anything. It's the speed of RAM because Android emulates Java. Java is an emulator. Basically, when you're running anything in Android, it's always in RAM. So you always want the fastest RAM possible and the most RAM possible. That's why I said years ago we were going to have 8, 12, 16 gig RAM phones in no time. And now I'm going to say right now, we are going to have in no time 32 gig RAM phones, maybe in a year and a half, maybe less, because Android can never have enough RAM. If it could, it would put the entirety of your operating system and all your applications and all your files into RAM. And then let me tell you something, you would have an incredibly sweet running device while the processor sits there and does almost nothing. Your RAM would be unbelievably used and you would be unbelievably happy. So no, you cannot actually upgrade your RAM in reality Two, I really suggest you do not use any of those RAM emulators unless you really don't care about your device and you just want to burn it till it goes into the ground and dies. Um, three, I encourage you to just prune what you have, trim the fat, and you'll be much happier. And Puppy Linux. Puppy Linux runs completely in RAM. Completely There's a reason RAM. why it runs really fast. <laughs> and... Mike, I was just looking up your S9 device on um, the e.foundation website, and you are a likely candidate to put that onto your phone. Just throwing that out there. Very cool. Very cool. Um, 
I want to bring this link to this application only because, again, these devices are supposed to connect us. They're not supposed to isolate us and make us argue with each other about stupid, nonsensical, political indifferences. Okay. People think we're polarized in this country and we're so, we're so completely opposite. In other countries, when you don't agree with someone's politics, you kill them. Dramatic pause, because that's the truth. In America, we can literally sit next to somebody with a different opinion. We can work with somebody with a different opinion. We can marry somebody with a different opinion. And it's all going to work out in the end because, you know, calm down, people. There's bigger things to worry about. When it comes to connectivity, right now, my main platform to be intimate with people and hear their voice and them hear my voice and we exchange text and pictures is still Voxer. Even though it's the buggiest damn thing that's ever been created, I still use it. Here's a competitor called Session Private Messenger. Okay. There's a couple caveats that come with this application. One, the interface is not as friendly. The gaps between the messages are almost gigantic to where you don't see as much on a screen at the same time. But here's the thing. I believe this does not use a centralized server like Voxer. Instead, it's more of a peer-to-peer direct connection to connection. Okay. So it's more private. Uh, the audio, instead of being live streaming over the Opus codec, and that was the nerd itch right there. I just, I just tickled some nerds. The Opus codec is unbelievably thin and light and can run perfectly fine over the weakest signals. This does not use that. This instead records your audio locally, then processes it, then sends it off as like a blob. So you'll cannot have real-time conversations like you can in other systems, but the audio quality is insanely good. Um, the other plus to this is it's not locked to a username, a password, a phone number, or a SIM account, which means it's much harder for someone to jack and take over or hack or pwn. Okay. This uses basically a GUID, a unique identifier that if I want to talk to Josh, I have to send him this long string of characters and numbers that he looks at and says, what the hell is this? And I say, open session, private messenger, and paste this, and then we can communicate. And then I'll start again. Session, private manager from the Loki project. Communication, E for everyone. No in-app ads, no in-app purchase, completely free to download and install. 296 reviews, current review score 4.1. Updated March 26, 2020, 20 megs in size, 50,000 plus installs, current version 1.0.10, 5.0 Android or up content rating, E for everyone. Uh, Permissions, this is a interactive communication tool, so it's going to need permissions to things like storage, camera, phone, photo, contact, Wi-Fi, device ID, calendar, calendar. I don't know why it needs access to calendar, identity, and other. So it needs access to lots of things. Um, I definitely encourage you if you want more private communications that don't need to be real time and you really want that say magnifique type audio quality session private messenger 
is probably the app best suited to do that. Are you using it on a regular basis? It's installed, but no, because everyone I know who uses it uses it for like a day or two and then it's like I think I'll rather use something else. Well, okay, let's let's do cuz I've we've already got a session started, so I'm definitely into checking this out more. I mean, this definitely tickles a nerd uh, bone for sure. And yeah, I mean, I've used Voxer for many years now, but I think this could be a superior product. I haven't used it since that first day we did. When was that? Six weeks ago? Something like that, probably. Yeah, and I'll say it like this. It's like saying who's better, the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, or the um, Arsenal soccer team. They're all terrible. And the answer is it doesn't matter. You can argue to the, the days ever. It depends on what you pride. It depends on what you think is good. And I will say this. There is a niche for this thing to be really successful if it gets traction. I think it's the the whole peer to peer thing, no centralized server. Middle out compression is the future, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna bring one more app, at least at least one more app here. Uh and it's because this is another app that literally like um just caught me off guard on its functionality and just the fact that it's different. Okay. If you pride controlling the synchronization of your data over networks, which I know I just lost a certain percentage of listeners. That's okay. That's okay. Just keep listening. And then maybe in two or three years, this kind of thing will, will make sense. Uh, this is an application called auto sync universal cloud sync and backup by meta control under productivity. E for everyone does have in-app purchases no ads, completely free to install, um, no score on it, uh, updated March 26, 2020, size varies with device, version varies with device, Android version varies with device, 1,000 plus installs, content rating, E for everyone, uh, permissions, it really just needs storage, photo, Wi-Fi, connectivity, network access, because this is an application that has the, in my personal opinion, uncanny ability to control the synchronization between your device, whether it's a phone or a tablet. I do believe they actually have desktop support, but I'm not going to go out on limb on that. But it can automatically sync specific folders on those devices with these services, Google Drive, OneDrive, Dropbox, Box, Mega, P cloud Yandex disc. And I do believe I got uh own cloud and next cloud access. If you pay, um, I want to say it was like a, 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 um, $6 fee. Um, it did have own cloud and next cloud access is what I'm going to say. Um, but I don't think it was free. So if you have access to multiple cloud ecosystems and you want to use your phone, as the master orchestrator in synchronization back and forth and keeping things all like on the same page, 
uh, this application, I'm pretty sure, is the application to help you fill that need. Again, it's called Auto Sync, all one word, Universal Cloud Sync and Backup by Meta CTRL. So how does it how does it work, Dor? I mean, is it just check boxes? You want to sync this to this to this, and then you have to log into every single account. Have there yeah. is a centralized account storage? No, I believe all the account credentials are stored locally on your device. From what I could tell, you basically just point it to the service. It hands over the request via like a web page to, you know, access it or not. And then the local application controls the synchronization rules, whether the sync rule is to copy everything, never delete, uh, overwrite, or only copy differentials kind of thing. Um, it was almost like R-Sync on steroids, again, for the nerds. The amount of control you had in syncing the rules was actually pretty pretty explicit, pretty tight. I actually liked it. And if you have multiple cloud infrastructures you want to try to synchronize between, I honestly encourage you to take a look at this tool. And so it, it says that this the a trial version, so it's not even a free version. It looks like it's just a, a, a trial. Yeah. And then you have to pay for any of it. But I mean, six bucks, if it, if it has that much granular control and you can simple, <laughs> simplify your backups. Yeah. I would say if it's the kind of application you need, I think it's well worth the money. If you don't think you need it, then you're thinking, how in the hell can they charge that much money? Okay. I'm going to bring an app as well. And this is called MindShift CBT Anxiety Canada. And this is an app that, that my wife has recommended to her patients and to me for quite a while. Full disclosure, I'm a derelict and haven't read it that much. But the tagline is a totally free, scientifically based anxiety tool. So this, before you go to bed or when you get anxious, it goes through and, and sorts that out for you in a scientific method. Yeah, and she swears by this app. And so I I don't like to bring apps that I haven't tried that much, although I seem to always do that. Um, but this one, especially in the time we're living in, may help some people out. And I don't know about the Anxiety Canada part. And maybe if you click that link door, do you have Anxiety Canada as well, or is it regionalized? When I click what link? Oh, I put a link in uh, the YouTube chat. When I click the link that I see, it just takes me to Google Play, MindShift, CBT, Anxiety Canada. Yeah. Okay. So Anxiety Canada looks like basically the name of the company. Um, and I'll say this, 
CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is an unbelievably real thing because we all... Okay, there's hardware and then there's wetware. Wetware is what we call how every brain is basically programmed. And what I mean, I don't mean programmed, but how every brain handles data, processes data, and then presents that data to us as human beings. We all have cognitive biases that is unavoidable. Okay. It, we cannot avoid it. We are completely, incredibly flawed bundles of fat in our skull. Cause, uh, uh, newsflash, the brain is a huge blob of fat. Okay. Now let's get past that. We all have these cognitive biases that we cannot avoid, that we cannot even begin to compensate for. Now, CBT tries to admit those flaws and then help you as an individual comprehend it, realize it, realize it's not real. It's just your brain doing things, telling you things, and then trying to help you work around those kind of things. Here's a perfect example. I have laid at in my bed at night, not able to sleep and thinking I have a glass door, sliding glass door at the back of my house. I have a front door and I have a garage and that's the only way I can get out of the house. But there's nothing else down here. Just a washer, dryer, my studio, garage, bathroom. Then you go up the steps. Then you have a living area and then a kitchen and another bathroom. Long story short about the bathroom thing. Then you go up the steps again and then you have bedrooms. And I keep thinking, self, if there's a zombie apocalypse and they get into the house by any of those means, we're trapped. We have a deck on the first floor and we can't get out. And if they come up the steps, the only thing I can do is try to clog the steps to where they can't get up. And then I'm dead because there's nothing else I can do. And I stay awake at night and I have panic attacks at least a couple times a year because of the cognitive bias, CBT, where there's nothing I can do except think about that. Part of using these kinds of applications is you have to first be willing to admit you need help. You need assistance, you need guidance, and then you're okay with reaching your hand out. Not literally, but figuratively reaching your hand out and taking that hand. Okay. Um, this is the kind of app where I will tell everyone right now, install it on your phone. And then if you have an actual intimate conversation with anybody, an old coworker, a family member, a spouse, a child, or somebody else, and they talk about not being able to let something go, not being able to forget something, and like dwelling on it and having it nonstop eat at them, you know, that's anxiety. This is the kind of app that I firmly believe can at least help them to understand why it is that they won't let this damn thing go. Um, Again, we all have flaws. Some people have more anxiety over things we shouldn't have. Some people are able to let things go. Um, for the people who can let it go, I encourage you to be there to help people who can't let stuff go. 
Um, thank you, Dor. Once again, you describe things much better than I ever could. I do have one correction, though. You had mentioned in there that you had said if there was a, a zombie apocalypse, and I th think you meant when there is a zombie apocalypse. Well, you know, if this was a zombie apocalypse, at least I would know what to do. But we're not in one yet. Um, and anxiety, and this is an, an, uh, another thing I'll say, reality is perspective. Anxiety is somebody's perspective, and you can't tell them they're wrong because that's their perspective, unnaturally worrying about something. It might literally just be money. It might be relationships. It might be your grade on this. It might be your performance review at that. It might be just some, what somebody else is thinking of you. To the individual, they all can weigh equally heavy as the end of the world. So I'll ask if you're interacting with people in your life that you think might be suffering from extra amounts of anxiety, be patient with them. Don't, you know, be rude to them. Don't just completely discount them, but instead just be patient with them. Be calm with them because we all have our own issues. Well, and I would say too, right now, anxiety is sort of the soup du jour and a recommendation that I have not being nearly as smart as door is to where everyone gets mainstream media, everyone gets social media, everyone gets the, the main message of this is tragic. Things are so bad, but I would recommend even if you don't agree with, with other people's opinions, go and find alternative sources of information, whether that is podcasts, whether that is Googling and looking for something that might not agree with what your thoughts are, or what the mainstream media thoughts are, or what social media's thoughts are, and just read something that is not the end of the world, something that is maybe just a different opinion about what might be happening now. And whether you agree with it or not, at least you'll get that slight relief of, okay, maybe there is an alternate view on this. Maybe things aren't nearly as bad as they're being portrayed right now. Well, yeah, and I'll say nothing is as bad as it seems like it is. Nothing is as good as it seems like it is. We cannot evaluate risk. We cannot evaluate promise. Hence, you send any human being into a casino and we're going to lose money because we cannot evaluate risk. This link will be in the notes. Uh, it's to a crash course, I want to say 11 video series called Navigating Digital Information. Um, I will say it like this. If you are at all familiar with the guy behind the video, a.k.a. John Green, of course he's opinionated. Everybody's opinionated. Get over it. Um, this video series tries to explain how we as human beings need to stop what we're doing once in a while take a step back, go laterally and perform our own inquiries on 
anything we're presented in the digital verse, whether it be a YouTube link, a Facebook link, or any other link, you can't believe anything that is presented to you. And if you are at all familiar with deep fakes or fake news or any of that, you have to admit it's out there and you have to also admit you can fall for anything just like I can fall for anything. We need to not immediately just click share because of the article title that we see. I beg people. In fact, I've offered to pay people money to watch this damn series. I have a guy at work. No problem in saying great guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever met, met, met in my life. He, in fact, he's on my Google um, play uh, family plan where he gets ad free YouTube. Thanks to me. He doesn't pay nothing because he supports me at work. And I told him, threatened him. I'm going to take him off that family plan. If he doesn't watch this video series and he hasn't watched it yet. So I might threaten him again this coming week. Um, we all need to do our own due diligence and become skeptical, not cynical about things that are presented to us, which just means be the arbiter of your own information and do a little bit of inquiry. Don't blindly believe anything because everybody out there in the verse everywhere is trying to sell you something, whether it's snake oil, whether it's ads, whether it's crystals to cure coronavirus, whether it be silver based liquids to drink to cure the coronavirus, or whether it be head on to fix your headache. Everyone out there is trying to make money off you, whether it's just a click on a web page or actual money out of your pocket. Navigating digital information is something we all need to become better with, including me. That's why I watch this video series at least every couple months, two to three months. And I encourage literally other people do too. And it's just healthy to listen to perspectives that aren't your own. And I, yes, that's, yeah. I think we've covered it. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're all, we're all right about something and we're all equally wrong about something else. Um, here's an example of something I was right on because you know, we, we only ever focus on things that we're right on. Um, I remember bringing this application and I remember making fun of it because I said, should it be called, um, I can't remember what Bill and Ted called it now. <laughs> uh, so great. Socrates, Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> um, we brought the app and I kept saying how this app was almost ingenious in its delivery. Okay. Uh, a couple weeks later, a couple weeks later, Google decided to just buy them outright. Okay. So now it's Socrates by Google, Google LLC education app, 1,972 reviews E for everyone. Uh, current 4.6 review rating. Uh, updated March 19th, 2020, 11 megs in size, 100,000 plus installs, current version of 1.0, blah, 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 5.0 Android, enough content rating, E for everyone, permissions, microphone, camera, contacts, identity, and other, don't know why I need access to your contacts. This is like one of the magic is the way that I'll put it, math helper applications, but they say this can help with biology, chemistry, algebra, Nonfiction, fiction kind of thing. This is like offloading higher brain functions 
to your device. And here's the thing. We as humans only have so much capacity to do so much during every day. You know, that old fairy tale of, we don't use hundred percent of your brain. We do. The thing is at any one point in time, we're only using a certain percentage of it at one point in time, but we use it all. It all just can't be turned on at the same time. And it never will. Long story short. We as humans have to offload certain things. Like I don't remember phone numbers anymore. My phone does. This application is trying to take a certain amount of research off of a task list and just say, just let Socrates do it. Um, I encourage my kid to install this on his phone. And whenever he had a question about anything to just open this app up and try to find his answer in it. Um, he's only inquisitive when it means he doesn't have to do any work when he just can turn around and just say something out loud. And I love the kid, but this is also the kid where my wife showed him a picture and it said, there are two types of people in the world. The kind of person that can come to a conclusion with, um, like, um, um, in incomplete data sets and dot, dot, dot. And my son just sat there and said, and what, and what I don't understand. And what? And I just thought to myself, you better be really good looking. Cause I don't know how you're going to make it in life, son. <laughs> and I love him. I love him dearly, but I'm also honest. I was just looking at the, the apps list. Um, and this was actually first brought back in, in episode 467. Um, which is interesting because then it was under a different name, what, two episodes ago? Yeah. And so it looks like it's gone through several iterations over the last few years. Yeah, the impression I get is a couple guys started it up and then people wanted to hire those people, but they couldn't, so they just bought them out. And then Google wanted to hire those people, but they couldn't, so they just bought them out. Money. <laughs> lots and lots of money. Yeah, I like money. Maybe we should hang out sometime. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this app is an app that I played a long time ago. Well, maybe last year. But was was quite fun and i think it'll it'll tickle a nostalgia bone for you it's called beat cops by 11-bit studios and it's under adventure this one is not family friendly it's mature 17 plus and it was last updated 11 april 2019 34 megs 100,000 plus installs current version 1.0.1 android 5 Point zero and up and needs way too too many permissions for what it does but it is just sort of a fun 8-bit you're a, a beat cop that just started and you've got a block to run it's sort of uh, you go through the story and question people and run around and 
and do a bunch of nonsense and it was actually quite fun yeah um it almost steals uh the max Payne type intro where you're a beat cop you accidentally stumbled across something uh but then you spend the rest of the game figuring out what you accidentally stumbled across yep exactly um this is this is a loving um um example of older gameplay modernized best way i can put it they took very old game mechanics very old methodologies and very old graphics engines basically and they made it modern not fam- nothing about this thing is family friendly I, you, you can't say this strong enough uh this is also available on the switch i i will say um you can install it completely for free on uh, the in-app purchase i want to say it was like eight dollars seven dollars how do you know uh, that door how do you I know can't rem- you saw it on the switch or it says somewhere oh on- i first owned it on the switch oh you played this Oh yeah, yeah, and then a couple months later, it came out on Android. Right now, four ninety nine in the U.S. to buy it on Android. I bought it on both platforms just to just to support the, this company because I found this game to be so. I don't want to say unique, but it just hit that spot of yeah. enjoyability, action, and a little bit of intrigue, and a little bit of puzzle solving along the way. Um, really good game. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know that you had that you had played it, and I had said that it was eight bit graphics. But I mean, it's eleven bit studio, so you throw a three on top of that. Three is the magic number. Um, yeah, this is the kind of game I like, especially if you can allot yourself some time. This isn't the kind of game you play for three minutes while you're waiting in line to buy toilet paper. Oh. This Three minutes game. where are you getting toilet paper? Well, if you go to Dollar General, dirty secret, they have plenty of it. You can only buy a pack of four at a time, but if you need more than four rolls of toilet paper in a week, you might want to question your diet choices. I'm just saying. Um this is a game you really need to sit down for like ten to twenty to thirty minutes at a time to play. And I guarantee you you will find it enjoyable, yeah, frustrating, but in but definitely enjoyable very cool um, I'm gonna bring this one we got to be round in third here soon Josh but I got to bring this one um, and I've heard only two other podcasts in the universe mention this operating system before but not surprisingly I seem to be the only one that actually understands what's going on here okay Firefox OS as I tilt and lean, Firefox OS was a operating system that was on phones. I want to say two phones. One of them was the ZTE device right here that I have in front of my body. With I want to say about a three-inch screen. It was so tiny, it was dang near cute. Um, it you was, should throw I, that. You should throw that onto a wristband. I should. Um, I'll put it like this. It was remarkably mature for what it was, but it wasn't mature enough and it had no app ecosystem. Okay. Firefox OS was a great starting point, but then it died a horrific malicious death. Okay. Very quietly. 
Kaios, K-A-I-O-S, picked the ball up and went off running with it. And they did not go towards the first world. They didn't go towards Mobile World Congress. They didn't go to America. They didn't go to those places to try to be successful. They instead went to third world places and put out hardware. KaiOS, K-A-I-O-S. And what they did was they took the core of Firefox OS and built upon it other tool sets. And they released it as a very successful device. Well, uh, about two weeks ago, Firefox announced Mozilla, the company behind Firefox, announced a official partnership with KaiOS, which means KaiOS now can relinquish some of the resources that they had to do to keep things updated, to keep things running. And now they can hand that responsibility off to Mozilla. And Mozilla is one of the companies, if you don't support, please never in your life tell me you don't support them financially to my face. Because you're going to get a bruise or a red mark about the size of my hand somewhere on you. This is the kind of company we, in the first world, need to give a certain percentage of our money to every year. Because if it wasn't for this company, freedom as we know it wouldn't exist. It could be so much worse, people, if this company didn't exist. That's all I got to say. So Mozilla is picking up a lot of the back-end slack in upgrading KaiOS into its next versions and releases. So mark my word, hear me now, believe me later. Come late 2020, early 2021, KaiOS is going to release a much, much, much more mature device with a much, much, much more mature operating system on it with much more versatile, full-featured things on it from day one, including things like Firefox Send, including things like Firefox Focus, where you'll be able to control your data without having to be a nerd and understand what SSH stands for. In fact, you don't even need to have the license plate SSH, which I know two people who have the license plate SSH. <laughs> um, again, KaiOS, K-A-I-O-S, if you need a simple device that runs modern type things, not Android, not iOS, I implore you, take a look at KaiOS, K-A-I-O-S, and you can get a simple device running a simple operating system, yet compatible with a lot of modern websites and modern things, and it's only going to get better and better and better with each day that moves forward. And what do they have for an app ecosystem? They rely on progressive web apps. Everything is a website. Everything is using uh, what's also called HTML5 data stores, which kind of can leave on your phone a small blob of data, which can act like an app, but really all it is, it's a website that first points to your local data so it moves quicker and then it only goes out to the public web when it needs to pull data back in and update itself. So it's using an API structure almost where yeah. firing up the app and then it's. Yeah, constantly. Now there are certain 
apps that I'm sure apps in air quotes that you can install on Kios that are completely offline. The example I'll use to the layman is you can buy a Chromebook and you can install Google drive offline and you can compose emails. You can write documents. You can create spreadsheets all offline. And then when you go online, they all synchronize up. Same thing with progressive web apps. You can have an app support complete offline mode. And then when you go online, it can either update itself or it can just completely remain offline. Because I, I can see that being the hiccup. The same with the Huawei, any, any operating system. It's just so easy and ingrained in people now to be able to download apps where if there isn't that large app ecostructure. I think that was one of the main reasons why Firefox OS, Mozilla OS couldn't succeed. Oh. Single click app install. And that, and it had a ridiculously difficult uphill battle that they seemed a little bit too eager to try to do all on their own, which everyone who was watching thought the hell are they doing? They're going to kill themselves. But you know what? Somebody that's smarter than me once said that if you're not putting yourself out there, if you're not trying things that you may fail at, then there will be no innovation. Yeah. To quote a mental invalid mechanical engineer, you got a challenge to change the world. You yeah. a mechanical engineer? I once was in a previous <laughs> life, but I failed at it really bad. I know that we were running third base, but the uh, squeeze bunt was on, and I want to throw another link in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a while, kids, since we've been on together here for a podcast so please uh please allow us our discretions um this is from zdnet and the headline is company the apple is suing releases android for iphone and it's a company called Corillium, and they are developing <laughs> methods for putting Android onto iPhone and I think is absolutely terrific. I like disruption and this seems like if you were to open up a dictionary and look at Apple disruption, this would be the definition. I mean, if that's possible, if you have an iPhone or people that have an iPhone that, you know, I, I, iPhones are upgraded every year probably by people that have iPhones and are iPhone nerds. And to be able to allow somebody to put Android onto it and realize, wow, this is much better. <laughs> and I'm all for it. Use what you got. An old, an old soul song from, I want to say, 1976 told me you got to use what you got to get what you want. Never be shameful about that. Oh my goodness. I took the time as well, Dor. Chad said he's, he's in a tub. 
<laughs> is there a guided dub? Oh man, Chad, I wish I was, buddy. Maybe not oh, yours, Chad. but I wish I was. Okay, so okay, we were talking about the Apple iPhone. Yeah, CJ in the in the chat mentioned that he just got a uh, new iPad. He feels dirty about it, and there's you should you should no no no. Here's the thing: perspective is reality. The last thing I want someone to do is to feel shameful that they're finding something useful and productive. I say use it, use it like a tool, drive it into the ground. Because in that process of doing that, you'll find its shortcomings. And then you can try to find a better solution. We as humans always think we found the holy grail. And then we figure out very soon thereafter, well, it doesn't do X. It doesn't do Y. It doesn't do Z. It doesn't like A. It doesn't do B. It doesn't even know about C. So then you need to figure out what's more important, personal freedom or the greater good. Oh, wait. No, that's no. You need to figure out what's more important: convenience, freedom, your workflow, or your flexibility. And only you can make that decision. In some cases, a completely closed source ecosystem will be the right choice. I can't tell you it's not. I can tell you, just keep at it, expect more, demand more, and then. If it, it still meets your needs, fan diddly tastic, enjoy yourself. I try not to preach onto others, and I would ask you to not preach onto others about it. And after you're done, you can put E on it. Yeah, yeah. If you can replace the operating system, do it, and let's see what happens. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody changing the operating system of a, an iPad. I, I honestly don't know if it's even possible. That's because the bootloader is pretty sickly locked down, I'll say. Um, if there is a way to do it, I would love to know about it. But well, it, I'm pretty sure if someone handed me an Apple device, I would turn it into a scene from American History X. And I would take it out stomp. to my front area, put it against the street and the curb, oh, and God. proceed to stomp and give a really like vicious stare as I do it. Off into the distance, like there's a camera pointing at me. That's the the. I can't believe. I can because Ed Norton is from Maryland, uh, and he's a them. fantastic actor. And if oh, you yeah. don't, now here's the thing: if you want to see range, there's only two movies you got to watch: American History X, and the other one was called Oh Man, Death to Smoochie. You watch those two movies, and you can't believe it's the same guy. But it is, and they're both fantastic. Oh, he's great. He's great. I mean, Fight Club, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rounders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, talent, pure talent. But if if this the article that I had brought about uh, Corellium, I think is the name of the the company. Right. I mean, if they're if they're Putting Android onto iPhones, then I mean that's iOS. So realistically, they could be doing it on the iPads as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely, because they use the same processors in sometimes, and I'm pretty sure they use the same bootloaders. So there you go, CJ. When when everything goes downhill, check out the article. 
Very cool. Uh, we do have another email here. It's a really quickie from Red Dwarf, longtime friend. Not emailer, not correspondent, not listener, friend. Red Dwarf. Thank you for the email, Red. He says, I was recently in Kroger Store's parking lot when and went into a the app Shopkick, which lets you accumulate points by entering certain stores, scanning product, barcodes, or buying certain products, it's an app for the show. I don't know if I'm going to bring it to the show. When uh, What I was wondering was, what do they use for Bluetooth transceiver in commercial stores because the range seems much greater than normal? Okay. It does seem much greater than normal, but the dirty secret is it's not greater than normal. If you were to move slowly, very slowly, you would see it suffers about the same range which I want to say at most is 30 yards, which is a lot, but it's low energy Bluetooth, which means there's not a lot of data that's being sent over to it, which means it expects there to be a lot of lag. Here's another dirty secret. I was listening to, I want to say it was planet money. Maybe. Cause I listened to, if you haven't, hi, my name is door door geek. Sometimes 24 hours a podcast a day. Out of that, at least 10 hours a day, it seems like is news-based content. Uh, and one of them was, I believe, Planet Money, where they were talking to the owner-operator of a digital billboard. Okay? The owner of the digital billboard admitted he could tell via the combination GPS network, Wi-Fi network, Bluetooth network in conjunction with all three of them, which is the same technology these people are using, they could have an idea of who was around, thus program what ads to show on those digital billboards. Okay. These ecosystems in stores, they have combinations of Wi-Fi access points, just seeing who's out there. What networks are you looking for? Because every time you walk into a store with your Wi-Fi enabled, if your home network is called, I love butterscotch. Every time you're out in the open with your Wi-Fi turned on, your phone is literally screaming over the Wi-Fi network. I love butterscotch. Where's I love butterscotch? Butterscotch. Where's I love butterscotch? Okay. Thus, that antenna is able to say, I see somebody out here who won't stop asking for I love butterscotch. Excuse me, home base. Do you recognize somebody asking for I love butterscotch and then the home base says why yes i do and they link the two together and then with finer detail they're able to say you're not only in this building but via bluetooth low energy you're then this close if you have all these things enabled is what i'll say so it's a conjunction it's a conglomeration of different technologies that allow them to track you but then you have the app installed on your phone the app is then telling everybody else Hi, 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 constantly. They're like the person at a party that you're going to punch in the throat because they won't stop talking to people about their own personal circumstances. This app is constantly pulling you and telling everything about you to these other services, these other advertising services. So they make it seem like these things are able to access much more fine green detail than they actually can uh, in order to satisfy sponsees and you as a user. 
Um, if you're not getting raw cash out of the equation, expect you're getting the short end of the stick. Google opinion rewards, I'll say, is at least very open at the fact that they're polling you for information. And then when you answer, they give you money. Um, I don't like these applications where you answer questions or use your camera to scan barcodes in order to get credit. And then which eventually in like six months you can turn in for like a $20 Amazon gift card. Um, I personally think my personal information is a little bit more valuable than that. Well, it's, yeah, it's like giving a review on Amazon. No, thank you. What? (laughs) I'm not going to help you for free. And I'll say in the chat, SCJ says door listens to NPR. No door doesn't door listens to everything from ancient aliens to cosmos from Fox, CNN, Rutgers, NPR, PBS, um, New York posted daily, um, um, sky news. Um, I can literally go on, um, five, um, I um fight financial times. I can keep going on and on and on and on and on and on. If you only use one operating system in your life, you will never understand its shortcomings. You'll never understand its biases. You'll never understand its benefits. If you use multiple operating systems, you'll understand each of those things in each of those ecosystems. If you only listen to one news source, you are blind as hell hell listen to as many as you possibly can and then use a thing called your brain to try to determine what in each story is fact-based and what in each story is purely opinion-based you will be much better for it you know that's how i roll (laughs) Um, 22 and 221 whatever it takes I just put another link in the in the chat. This one, I immediately thought of you when I saw it, Dor. And it's, I was kind of stepping on your beat here, but it's uh, Gizmo China. Oh, yeah. And it says, show me patents a phone case that can store and wireless re- wirelessly reverse charge your earbuds. And it is just ugly, 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 but I think it's a great idea. You know what I didn't know? It is ugly as hell. Um, what I didn't know was the last pair of earbuds I had were called QCYT1s. And what I didn't know until they failed, they were actually show me earbuds. I had no idea. So those earbuds died, let's just say, after a repetitive heavy usage. So then I went and bought new earbuds. Uh, these new earbuds have a number of showing me the percentage of the battery pack charge oh, yeah. and they come with a lid and they come with like a micro USB to charge it and a full size USB. So it can act like a battery to other devices. Um, these are not show me. These are not as good. These were definitely cheaper. The show me ones that I bought now are $29. These were, I want to say $23. Um, and you know, we all just got to use what we like, use what you want. These are ridiculous looking, Josh. I can't believe you stumbled across this link. I saw this link, and when I saw it, I thought, who in the hell? And then I thought, wait a minute. 
China has so many people and Japan has such a culture. They could probably make a good killing off of this product. Yeah. 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 There's enough people out there who will buy it. Oh, it's, I mean, you, you were just showing your case for your earbuds and I mean, it's, that's another, another deal to carry around. Right. I mean, if you can put those and reverse charge them from on the back of your phone, you're saving yourself a little bit of space. Yeah. A little bit of extra cargo. I'll say if my phone easily lasted a day in battery, I would, I would honestly entertain this idea. The only reason I am okay with carrying this device around in my pocket is it's not really that big or bulky. It's a little bit bigger bulky, but I literally only have to charge it like once a week. I literally listen to these almost 16 hours a day. Okay. And I literally only like once a week have to charge this base device. If I had to come home every night and charge it, I would not be using Bluetooth. I would have hardwired headphones. Well, what if this case had, it was a battery pack as well. I can't see how they could make it slim enough to be pocketable is what I'll say, because this is smaller. This is not the small list that these headphones come in, but to make the phone that much thicker to me is obnoxious. Um, I don't see how someone could make the phone back of the case support having these devices in there because um, it needs to have the um, connectors to hold it in place to do the charging. Um, if I have something that thick and big in my pocket, um, it better have like an 8,000 milliamp battery is what I'll say. AKA three days worth of charge. You can't do a G. Uh, you can, okay. but with these headphones, with all the headphones I've seen, you still, what, what it is between the back of the thing built onto the case of the phone, the, the case to the phone is chi, but the case to this is not chi. It's still a physical connection. I believe. Cause if you notice, there's no real pictures. This is just nah, schematics. Yeah. Yeah. That's thing averse is what it is. Oh yeah. But it's damn interesting. I'll tell you that. Um, I've got one more link here, door. And <laughs> this is, this is Giz China. And it is Android hidden codes. These are the secret codes of your device. And it is a, a list of, of interesting, I guess I'll say, um, just numerical codes that you can put in to get information about your Android device, such as um, display information about phone, battery, and usage statistics, wireless LAN tests, audio tests, uh, Bluetooth test, RAM version, so on and so forth. So if anyone's interested in, you know, the, it's the codes that you would change your SIM with in other countries, things like that, star, pound, star, pound, seven, seven, eight, zero, pound, star, pound, 
star and it's just a list of these different types of uh, codes that you can dig a little bit deeper into your device yeah this is almost like a physical API interface into your phone to where you can see this is what my phone reports as if you want to know like what kind of field test can I have? What kind of Bluetooth information can you give me back? Um, if you're like a learning developer, I would definitely encourage you check these codes out, see what kind of information anybody can get back via the dial pad. You literally open up your phone dialer, type these codes in. And when you hit send, it does not make a call. Instead, it returns. It has a result set come back. And I was yeah. just looking at this again. Um, it's quite interesting that the second from the bottom disables voice dialing logging mode. That's quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, not well, that I'm going to plan a heist or any sort of nefarious actions, but if I did, that that might be on top of my list of things to do. Right, and like uh, four up from the bottom, displaying I. M E I number. That's almost like saying, give me your social security number. Give me your personal unique identifier information. Um, something that should be held very close to the chest. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, I'll say, uh, Josh, always a pleasure to hang and chat with you. Um, hopefully Ivor feels better. Hopefully, he has less than like six or seven phones, new phones when he comes back. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll ask, uh, is there any like parting words or is there anything you would like to uh, leave the listener with? Definitely. Um, we apologize for the delay since the last podcast. Things happen. I think everyone's aware of this by now. Um, we love all of you. Thank you for listening. And a quick rundown of the apps this week are ConnectWise Control by ConnectWise Communication App, Mini Metro Dinosaur Polo Club Simulation Brain Games, Family Friendly, Session Private Messenger by Loki Project Communications, AutoSync Universal Cloud Sync and Backup Early Access by MetaControl Productivity, MindShift CBT Anxiety Canada by Anxiety Canada Association Health and Fitness. Socratic by Google, Google LLC Education. BeatCop by 11-Bit Studios, which is an adventure. And then tons of other links and just jovial conversation. And yeah, I enjoy hanging out with YouTube door and it's been too long. Let's try to do it again next week. I will do my best, but I will say um, I'm still working 40 hours a week. I'm a government employee. Um, I could take off three months in a row um, and just tell everyone, get away. But I want to support them, those who support me. Uh, I'm a taxpayer. So I want to make sure that the taxpayer dollar it gets most well used and utilized so during these times i work a lot 
I'm taxed a lot. We don't get a chance to do a show every time we would like to do a show. And I'll say the only, the, the last email I will address is from Alexander with a name that has to be, I'm going to guess Finnish or Swedish because it has a lot of consonants in it, including double K's. So thank you, Alexander. Uh, he basically says, are you okay, guys? Guys, guys, are, are you okay? To my friends, I would be whispering, sleep a bit more, and maybe cut out the hard delete expletive, or at least less. But I think maybe this forum email will offend by that. AAA, I lost you again. Don't touch that pipe. You can do it. Uh, basically, like, begging us to, like, not die off. Uh, I will say, Alexander, we're not dying off. I have preemptively bought enough beverages to take care of myself for at least a little while. Um, it wasn't that I was drinking too much, that I couldn't do a show. It was literally that I had too much work to do. Now, I work from home, which means I'm also a school teacher, apparently. Um, and I have to do things like mow the grass, do the laundry, do the housework, go to the store, take care of 20 people in that direction from my house and 20 people from that direction in my house. And I have no problem in saying, I also told my manager, my supervisor, my, um, administrator, my lieutenant secretary, and my lieutenant governor, that if they know anybody in my zip code or in my local jurisdiction that needs any assistance whatsoever, please let me know. That doesn't mean they will. But again, the number one rule of living in this world is not Will Wheaton and don't be a jerk because it's that just means a negative. Let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. And let's focus on supporting those who support us. You can send me an email at doordorkgeek.com or you could shoot this email to the show itself. And Ivor can see it and partake. And so can Josh at aaaapodnos.com or you can send us a voicemail. 7076-PODNUTS. And... If I said it too fast or I said it too inconsequently, like that word, you can just check the notes. Notes are something that every podcaster should do. And I'm genuinely entertained at the lack of audio quality of podcast I've heard in the last couple of days because emergency people have all of a sudden not been able to come into huge corporate offices and do podcasts, but instead they've had to do it from their home. Welcome to 2008, guys. My name is Door Door Geek. I've been doing this for a long time. Invest in yourself, invest in your surroundings, invest in your future, and everyone will be happier. Josh, I love you. Ivor, I love you. I hope again to talk to you soon. I've got one thing to say. Alexander, if you are from Finland, meet the Kulu.
And that could have been a, a, a really dirty thing he told you, and I wouldn't know. Um, I thank everyone for downloading. I thank everyone for coming out. I thank Red. I thank Chad. Chad, I love you. I can say that because I'm old and I'm very comfortable with everything about myself. Uh, FCJ also came out. The Wiz or Fizz came out. Thank you very much. Rob also came out. And if you would like to come out live to the show, it's very easy. Again, in the notes to the show, you can either follow us on something like Discord, on Twitter, on Facebook, on IRC, and you'll be notified when this show goes live. We try to go live Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, a.k.a. New York Time, and then you can help make the show more lively, if you will. And if you would like to actually take part in this show, don't hesitate. Shoot me an email. Anybody can take part in this show. The, you have to imagine me and Josh are sitting in my garage. The garage door is wide open. We're playing darts or doing something else entertaining while we talk about Android apps, Android ecosystems, and you are walking by. You can walk up into that garage and say, Hey guys, what's going on? And I will ask you, do you want a beer? Do you want a water? Do you want to hang out? Because that's the way this show is. This is not some neo-Marxist journalist establishment. This is podcast for the people, by the people, with the people. AKA, I love you. I'll talk to you again real soon. And never ever forget, Podnuts is for the people, by the people. Support those who support you. Talk to everyone again soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.